0: This episode of Positively Trek is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon, including Jim Stoffel, Joyce Marin, and Carl Morris. Visit patreon.com/positivelytrek to help support the podcast. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, shout-outs, associate producer credits, and more. Thanks to all of you for your support, and now let the show begin. <sighs>
1: Looks like you took a full load of strange energy straight to the cortex. What is strange energy, Doctor? Electrical phenomena with unknown properties. It can have all sorts of physical effects, unlock parts of the brain, even endow godlike powers.
0: Humanity has a complicated relationship with organized religion.
1: Well, strange energies doesn't. Ever hear of Gary Mitchell? Oh, it got real weird real fast.
0: I love my job. Welcome everyone to Positively Trek. We are here to talk about Star Trek Lower Decks, the premiere of season two, episode one of Strange Energies. Thank you everyone for joining us. I'm Bruce Gibson and along with me, as he always should be and always will be is Dan Gunther. Dan, you're you're still doing your traveling thing.
1: I am. I'm I'm on the road still with the Canada Census. Uh today I'm in the sprawling metropolis of Lac le biche which is French for Lake the Bish. I'm not sure what Bish is, uh, <laughs> but
0: here I am. <laughs> you're like like the bit. and I was like, Oh, what's he about to say? <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, yeah, uh, so yeah, here I am in another echoey hotel room with wonderful lighting, and uh, my orange face is what Bruce is looking at here. And uh, we're guess what, Bruce, guess what? What there was new Star
0: Trek this week, I know, <gasps> and that's so great, I'm so and I'm excited. so glad that you were able to see it,
1: yeah, thankfully, uh, thanks to hotel Wi Fi. And my Crave subscription, I was able to watch Strange Energies.
0: That's great. I, I'm trying to remember. I watched it the day it came out on Paramount+. Plus. Oh, yeah. And I watched it on the treadmill, which I typically wouldn't do because I really just want to sit there and watch it. But I didn't have much time. And I just was like, I'm watching it on the treadmill. And I was enjoying that walk, laughing my butt off. <laughs> Were you doing like the, the Section 31 walk, the like power walk they do? Yes, section 31 power walk as if I'm <laughs> heading to the lake of B- uh, some, whatever is it? <laughs> <laughs> Lac Labiche. Lac Lebiche.
1: La I'm going to look up right now what that means. Yes. Just because I'm, I'm curious. Lake of the elk. So, uh, Lac Lebiche la is a French translation of a Cree phrase that means lake of the elk. So, there you go. Oh, I didn't know that elks had lakes. That's really interesting. Yeah. I I, I assume they're, they're around the lake, maybe
0: frequent the lake, I guess. Oh, okay. (laughs) And they dump in the lake and they drink out of the lake. Very likely. (laughs) Whatever else (laughs) they do and bathe in the lake. Yeah. And watch lower decks from the lakes. It's possible. Yeah. If, you know, they have the right angle
1: into my hotel room, maybe, maybe they could catch that. Yeah. That tells me you're on the first floor. Uh, I'm actually on the third floor.
0: So, oh, okay.
1: Well, Yeah. You, Elk are penthouse. very
0: tall. I don't know if you knew that. So No, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, for all those elks that are listening right now, we are going to cover the first episode of season two of Lower Decks, Strange Energies. And I have to say that I really did enjoy it, just like I do every Lower Decks episode. So we're going to go right into it. Spoiler alert. If you haven't watched it, we're going to reveal... All the hidden secrets throughout this whole episode to you right now. So, Dan, overall impressions. I really enjoyed it. I'm so happy
1: Lower Decks is back. I love this series. Season one just hit all the right notes for me. And this one just felt like a return to form. And on top of that, a little more polished. I noticed just a little bit brighter sheen to this episode. Like it's they've really found their groove. They've really kind of hit their stride and all those other cliches I can think of to kind of mean that same thing that the, this show is just firing on all cylinders, firing on all thrusters, all of that stuff. I'm, I
0: love this episode. Well, the ships look really great. Yeah. And I think I read online someone said that they've updated how they do the ships in this episode. I haven't gone back to the first episode, I mean to the first season to see if there is a difference. Mm-hmm. I, I hadn't read that, but that doesn't
1: surprise me because that's one of the things I noticed is uh the movements of the ships feel a lot more fluid and that sort of thing. And then the models themselves that they're using, when I say models, obviously I know they're not like physical models they're building, but like the CG models they're using in the animation. They've been updated quite a bit. The opening credits, the Cerritos looks quite different. Not quite different, but there's definite upgrades
0: to her from season one. Yeah, exactly. And there's another change in that opening title. We have the Lud ships in the Borg battle, Mm -hmm. which I thought was interesting because now they're fighting the Borg with the Romulans. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And uh, I I haven't done them
1: side by side yet to see, but I feel like they reorchestrated the opening theme a little bit. There's just a couple parts that to my ear, and again, I need to confirm this, they sound a little slower a little more triumphant and a little bit more brassy maybe. I don't know. I could be wrong about that, but it feels like they, they re-orchestrated it or, or at least re-recorded it just slightly different. It feels like a different tempo at a couple points.
0: That's so funny you say that because when I re-watched it the second time, I thought, is the music a little different? I mean, it's the same theme, but there was just something about it that sounded just a little different. It's like you said, when we started it, like everything's more polished. Yeah, like Maybe they've just improved on things a little more. Speaking of polished Mariner, she's like my favorite character of the show. And this whole episode starts off with a cold opening of Mariner on the holodeck. And she's been, and she's being interrogated by a Cardassian and as she's going through this whole simulation of battles and being interrogated by the Cardassian, she's talking about her problems with her mother. It's like she uses this opportunity in the holodeck not to just do her own therapy about her relationship with her mother, but for exercise also. It's her workout.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Like if if I had a workout regimen on a Federation starship in the twenty fourth century, this is how I would do it. Like that's brilliant, you know. Uh, not none of this, you know, elliptical equipment or anything like that. Yeah, I'd be running through some scenario like a video game kind of thing to work out. I love that. And to your point about the therapy talk, I loved that in this episode and this point and in other points in the episode, how they communicate things not directly, but just letting the audience know that obviously Mariner and Freeman have been going to see Counselor Miglimo. Still because of the language they're using. I think later in the episode, they have an exchange where, you know, Captain Freeman's like, when I hear you say that, what I hear is that you, you know, that, that therapy language. Right. And I'm like, oh, they're still seeing counselor. That's cool.
0: Yeah, because I liked how they used this as an opportunity to catch the audience up as to when this is, because Mariner says, you know, it's been a couple months of doing this stuff with her mother and her getting the special treatment and these special assignments. And basically, Mariner's just given free reign to do whatever she wants. And it's her and her mom, like they're in command together, which, of course, has an effect later in the episode, which we'll get to.
1: Yeah, and it it definitely seems like a very healthy relationship.
0: Of course, right? Yeah. Uh (laughs) but the thing I loved about this, as soon as this episode started, and I see the Cardassian interrogating Mariner, they show the Cardassian, then they show Mariner, and at this point, as Mariner's talking, I was like, wait a second, this feels familiar. Mm -hmm. And my next thought was, I better see four lights. And they went (laughs) the shot next shot went back to the Cardassian. And then I saw it, I'm like, they did. They put the four lights behind her. (laughs)
1: Yep, absolutely. And then, uh, of course, we see Boimler with the direct reference. And just the first point in this episode, very early on, that just made me laugh out loud, even though I'm watching this alone in a hotel room. Boimler says, they keep showing me lights.
0: (laughs) I love that line. (laughs) I was wondering if they were going to reference the lights at some point, you know? And then when they ran, when Mariner and the Cardassian leave that room, I was like, well, I guess that was just a little Easter egg in the background. They're not going to re-. And then they run to the other room. There's Boimler. He's like, keep showing me lights. And I'm like, oh, there it is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I like about this scene is the episode doesn't draw out the wondering if, is this on the holodeck? Is this real reality? What's going on? When Boimler says, I'm just a hologram, but I'm sure the real Boimler feels really bad. You know, I I love that they just immediately like, oh, no, this is the holodeck. You know, they're not trying to like trick you or bring you along for very long or anything like that.
0: Well, I did assume when it started that this was probably on a holodeck. Because mm-hmm. of the way Mariner was talking, right? But then when she did run that room, there was Boimler. I'm like, wait, is this real? Or is Boimler, are they, is this a real Boimler? Or is this a holodeck? And then when he said that, I was like, okay, we're clarifying that, yes, this is a holodeck. And he's not really there. He's mm-hmm. on the Titan somewhere having a great time with his big quarters and lots of bedroom and all this stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. And Mariner seems
1: very well adjusted to that fact and uh, not resentful at all. She misses her best friend. Oh, she really does. Yeah. You can tell it's affecting her.
0: Her mom has to be her best friend now.
1: Yeah. That's, yeah. Again, very
0: healthy. To your point, look how well that's working out. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> we, I don't know why we have frogs in our voices. <laughs> we frogs in our throat today. <clears> throat> hey, then we see a Miranda class starship that she goes on, the USS McDuff. I have to tell you, I had to look that up to see what the name of the ship was because I, I, I froze the screen and I couldn't see the last letter and the D looked like an O to me. I, so I was like M-A-C-O-U and I couldn't make that the last couple so <laughs> I had to look it up like McDuff. Oh, that O is a D. Mm-hmm. So I love the name
1: because of course, Miranda class comes from the Shakespearean character Miranda. So I, we can assume that Macduff is the character from
0: the Scottish play, right? Macbeth? It's got to be, yes. I mean, because, you know, Shakespeare's all about Star Trek, right? And Star Trek's all about Shakespeare. Absolutely. So there's a bunch of ships in this battle, too. We have a Federation runabout. A very uh, I- oversized one, by the way. <laughs> I did notice. We also have Jem'Hadar fighters. Mm-hmm. I'm doing good, right? I mm-hmm. was picking these out really well, right? Absolutely. And I'm cheating right now because I'm on the Den of Geek website. <laughs> there's a Nemesis-era Romulan warbird. Yep. And an old-school Romulan bird of prey from TOS. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, what does TOS stand for again? Those old scientists. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, Spock, Scotty, those guys. Then we see a Federation fighter craft. Yep, there's a couple of those, yeah.
0: And many, many more is what this says.
1: Yeah, I think there's a a Bajoran impulse vessel was there as well uh, from Deep Space Nine. And I think there's like a 22nd century Klingon ship, I noticed, like maybe D5
0: or something like that. I'm just laughing because I'm continuing thinking about this whole scene. And then the whole simulation gets interrupted by this Andorian officer. And I don't know why I think this is so funny when Mariner's just like, what do you want, Jennifer? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love that Jennifer's back this season. That was
1: one of my favorite recurring bits in season one when she shoves her in the hallway. Out of my way, Jennifer. And then I think there's a reference to her later in the season as well. I love that. That was funny.
0: Now, is Jennifer a typical Andorian name? I think so. If you
1: put like three or four apostrophes in there, it's yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: It just sounds like something I'd hear like on The Office or something, you know, mm-hmm. just this annoying Jennifer that keeps interrupting things.
1: Yeah. And I, I think of the scene in Star Trek IV: The Voyage Home where Scotty yes. and McCoy are showing transparent aluminum and not now, Madeline. Like, that's the kind of that's it. thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Yes,
0: that's it. Yes, that's it. I love that. <laughs> So then we see the Seritas they're concluding their second contact mission. Oh, one thing oh. I got to add
1: by the way, this Miranda class ship. Not only yes. is it just a Miranda class, but like the bridge is like the old style 23rd yes. century like the Reliant from Star Trek 2 and they that's one thing, the environments and the sets and st- well, not sets, but you know what I mean. The the environments they're creating for the show, they put so much detail and exact, you know, copy in there of that that in the Cardassian torture room, I was like just so amazed even before we got to the credits.
0: I, I kept picturing Khan on that bridge.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I thought, well, wait a second, what happens if they ever do a simulation of the 1701 during the original five-year mission? Will it look like the TOS bridge or the Strange New Worlds bridge? <laughs> Depends. If it
1: was if it's before the Kirk's five-year mission, it would look like, you know, that way and then they upgraded it in quotes to what we see in TOS
0: after that. Oh. So that's the upgrade, yeah. Ah, gotcha. Okay. So well, they go to this planet called Aprigos. And we've never heard of that planet before, have we? I don't think so, no. Okay. I, it sounds like it would go good next to steak,
1: but I think that might actually be asparagus. So
0: Yes. Uh well Aprigos makes your pee smell just like asparagus does. <laughs> that's good to know. <laughs> Fun fact, <laughs> Doctor Taana had lots of complaints after that. So wait, I have to do. I have to do a quick sidebar. Remember, we were talking on a on one of our flagship shows about. I went to the doctors and I kept like to just to, to ease myself on the doctor's office. I pictured I was in the sick bay and Crusher was taking care of me. Mm-hmm. Today I was at a doctor. I, I don't go to the doctor that much. Just happened to be now, <laughs> but I was at a doctor's today. And all of a sudden I pictured McCoy briefly, and then it became Dr. Tiana. <laughs> I love it. And I just started laughing in the middle of the treatment. And I was just like how <laughs> funny it would be to be treated by her. It just cracked, started cracking me up. So oh, that was terrific. my go-to. I might continue that. Yeah.
1: She had a good showing in this episode. I have to say, I like Dr. Tiana in this one.
0: Yeah, I did too. Me too. Well, anyway, they go down to this planet. So Freeman sends ransom down there and mariner down there after they had their little meeting up on the ship where ransom's like crying like a little baby like i'm here you just didn't notice me because you're always into your daughter and you forget about me so they go down and ransom is supposed to get this high leader to get to pick a subspace communications number (laughs) And the guy, I don't like that number. Oh no, that number doesn't work either. It needs something meaningful, something that needs like, gravitas. Oh, that one's too close to my ex girlfriend's number.
1: Yeah, that doesn't right.
0: work. Right, <laughs> just pick a number. It's not a big deal, right? But we know people like this, mm-hmm. including even ourselves. Oh yeah, sometimes
1: there's there's a reason I'm not obviously going to give my phone number on the podcast. But there's a reason that the numbers four and seven fe- feature prominently in my phone number, because that was an insistence of mine. <laughs> really?
0: hmm You can
1: make that kind of request? I think they had, like, a bunch of numbers available. And I said, like, hey, is there any with 47 in it? And uh, <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, that one. I was like,
0: perfect. Sign me up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Your nickname now is High Leader. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's so cool. Anyway, so Mariner's pressure washing, you know, everything around town. it's like, oh, look at the pretty artwork. And, oh, look, there's an orb. And all of a sudden this energy comes down and strikes Ransom. Boom. And he's knocked to the ground. And I have to say, one of my favorite character moments in this throughout is Stevens, (laughs) who keeps worshiping (laughs) Ransom. Because Ransom now has become a god, but Stevens always felt that Ransom was a god hmm. Yeah. And he was in season one. But did
1: we ever see him after the first episode? I think he talks about another great sec- second contact mission and like high fives ransom. And then I think he was the guy that Tendi was pumping his heart, right? Yes, I think so. Yeah. And then we never saw him again after did we until now? I don't remember I don't him being featured
0: anyway. That's a good question. I was thinking maybe we saw him one more time, like in the second episode or maybe the third or mm. something. I don't know. This is That's definitely the most focus he's gotten, though. So <laughs> Yes. I have a feeling it's going to be a reoccurring theme. Yeah. That when Ransom is around, Stevens is around. But yeah, then uh, Dr. Tian is there because she has to die, do you know run this diagnosis on ransom and find out what's going on and she determines he's got strange energies. This is an official medical condition called strange energies, which gives you godlike powers, you know, like <laughs> Gary Mitchell. Do you remember anything about Gary Mitchell? Have you heard about Gary Mitchell? I love that. and the the like his image
1: on the view screen and it's kind of in like the TAS style sort of, but of course we never saw Gary Mitchell. At that time. But that was really cool. I loved that.
0: Yeah, that was pretty cool. Ransom starts to hover and he says that his brain has been unlocked with his full potential. And Mariners thinks, well, can't hold that much because there isn't much there. Something like that. (laughs) And he's just like, I can hear you. She's like, you can read my thoughts. Uh I can think of
1: several occasions that would be a, a very bad thing. And, and yeah, that's, you don't want to hear what Mariner's thinking. She's already not really afraid to say much out loud. So you, you only you can only imagine what she's probably thinking and not saying. Well, that's the
0: thing because I feel like most of what she's thinking, she'll probably say anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Like, so I wonder like the stuff she's holding back must be
1: really, really bad then.
0: Which I want to know.
1: I really want to know that. That would be interesting. Uh, well, now Jack Ransom gets to know, and uh, he's not pleased by it.
0: <laughs> it would be great if in a future episode that Jack Ransom says, you know what, Mariner, there are other things I heard in your head that I didn't say at the time, but I want to go ahead and get that out right now. Because I know what you think <laughs> of this, this, and that, and I would love to hear that. That would be good. Mm-hmm. I thought it was hilarious though, when they saw he was working on his buys and tries. <laughs> I mean, as a <laughs> God, that's the first thing he's got to do is take some trees and just like work out with them. <laughs> yeah,
1: And what is it? He says, you know, it's not that difficult to become a God. It's staying a God. That's the challenge or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> All the typical Jim meathead stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. It sounds like one of those lines you'd put in a movie that that'd be the catchphrase of the movie. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Well, that's not the only storyline that's going on in here. We've got our second storyline here, our B-plot, and it's involving Tendi and Rutherford, which I thought was interesting that we had this as a separate storyline with those two because... What we've heard, and I know we're just starting the season, but they said they were going to try to mix these main four characters more up together because we're always seeing Tendy and Rutherford together and Boimler and Mariner together. And mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, we're still doing that. It's still a Tendi-Rutherford thing, you know? I want to see them mixed up more. But this continues to build on that whole relationship between these two yeah. because Rutherford's talking about, he's got his third date coming up with Ensign Barnes. And at first I thought Tendy was jealous, which I still think there's some jealousy there, but well, we'll get to it in a moment, but there's more worry there about something else. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I love Tendy and Rutherford together. I was so happy that they're paired together again in this episode. This, aspect of this this plot of the episode though i i wasn't as latched onto as the other one which struck me as odd because i do love these two together so much and it kind of occurred to me they were trying to mirror i think the the storyline from last season where they were trying to get the t85s and they were chasing each other and that right. kind of thing there are a couple times that i was like oh you're just kind of trying to do that again so you know that that kind of her chasing him around thing and getting like overly obsessed. I was like, I feel like we've seen this a little bit before. But when this story really grabs me is that heart to heart they have in the corridor with the force field between them. That scene, I'm just like, that is vintage Rutherford Tendy. I love it. I'm totally here for it. That's such a sweet scene as the giant head of Ransom gnaws on the warp <laughs> nacelle behind That's them. That's my
0: favorite. <laughs> I love that part. I'm glad you said that.
1: <laughs> oh, that was so great. And of course again, kind of mirroring the the series premiere where Rutherford's on the date with Barnes while all this stuff is kind of going on around them. That's kind of, yes. I love that the you know the the big thing is happening all around them, but they're focused on their story
0: right now. Yeah. As if it's just like a everyday thing that happens all the time and not make a big deal out of it. Right.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And I even love there's a line and I'm going to mess it up because I didn't write it down. But Rutherford says something along the lines of like, oh, my brain's totally fine. You know, I'll always be fine. Well, I mean, I'm fine right now, but we're in Starfleet. Who knows what will happen next week?
0: (laughs) 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 Next week. That's the good part, right? Yeah. Next week, of course, because that's when episodes come out weekly. Yeah, I like that, too. I thought the same way about this. It, it, it's not a big part of the episode. There's only just a few scenes of this. And, yeah, it felt very familiar. Like, we've done this before. Why are we doing this again? Mm-hmm. And I just felt like, well, I guess it's just another way just building on that whole neediness of these two with each other. You know, it's so important to them that they're friends, that they like each other. And so, you know, when she finds out that Rutherford says he likes pears now, but he didn't like pears before. So something's wrong, you know, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> just because he likes pears now. But yeah. she says he has synthetic memory degradation, which is CMD, of course. Right. Because that's when your opinions start to change and then your brain runs out of your nose. Mm-hmm. That's definitely
1: what's going to happen. Absolutely. But yeah, I, I do love the relationship between these two and it's, it's really sweet. And I love that, you know, it's SMD, synthetic memory degradation, but, uh, Rutherford calls it that LSD thing. Yes.
0: <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> I'm glad you said, I had that in my notes. I forgot to write that down on, on our show notes, but yeah, I have that in here, the LSD thing. And I was like, there it is again, right? Hmm. Keeps working to Star Trek lately, whether it's LSD or LDS. Hmm. So, yeah, I yeah I like the whole second line. And, you know, I, I put in the notes here at the very end when they're, you know, they're friends forever and it ends with hugs. It always ends in hugs between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really sweet. I do love these two together for sure. But, yeah, she was afraid that because his opinions are changing, she was afraid his opinion of her would change and he wouldn't want to be friends with her anymore. But, of course, that won't happen. They'll be friends forever. Absolutely. But also don't date Barnes. yes i like that
1: so maybe there is a little bit of a jealousy thing going on there just a little bit yeah i think so just a little bit (laughs) and rutherford's face when she says that
0: his eyes just go "Hmm?" (laughs) (laughs) well as you mentioned we have the ransom head (laughs) flying around you know before that he created you know some of the beings on the planet into a race of ransomites they all have ransom heads and And then he even takes Tiana's hyperspray and turns it to an ice cream cone, which she ends up licking, which I thought was funny. (laughs) I thought that was great. She's making the best of a bad situation. Like, well, at least I have ice cream. (laughs) I was wondering what flavor it was and if it had a hairball in it. (laughs) (laughs) And then he creates his mountain and Stevens is still hell ransom. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, that head flying up through space like when his head detaches like please tell me it goes up into space to face off with the Cerritos and it sure does and one of my favorite lines in the whole episode is captain there's a giant head approaching the ship except he <laughs> says it like so like just nor, like, captain there's a giant head approaching the ship <laughs> it happens all the time right <laughs> I love it. Well, Tendy and Rutherford are just trying to work out their differences and, you know, and Ransom's just taking a bite out of the ship. Yep. Just, you know, typical week on the job. Absolutely. And that same officer that said that line later says brace for grabbing. Yep. He's growing hands. Brace for grabbing.
1: <laughs> well, I mean yeah. the, the missions of the original enterprise of course are all on the books. So we have the, you know, giant hand of Apollo Grabbing right. the Enterprise. So, you know, in some manual somewhere, there's Starfleet protocol for what to do when a giant
0: hand, a giant god hand grabs the starship, you know? Now, how would you feel? How do you think fandom would feel if we saw something like that on Discovery or Strange New Worlds? Will people <laughs> would just be like, that's so stupid, you know? I mean, in the event of a giant
1: god's hand grabbing the starship, <laughs> <laughs> I could see Saru like... Starfleet Regulation 14, Section 12, Paragraph 3C. When a giant god's hand grabs the starship, proper procedure is to... (laughs) Yada, yada, yada. I would love it. I don't know. I know a lot of people wouldn't. I
0: would love it. I'd be cool with it. (laughs) I think so, too. Why not? It's classic, right? It's Star Mm. Trek. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you know, Freeman's like realizing, oh, I need to compliment him because, you know, he wants to be her number one again and doesn't like this whole thing between her and her daughter. And he feels excluded and she's feels, you know, he feels that that Mariner's her number one. and And then she starts complimenting him on his hair and his guitar playing. And then he. She starts to think it works, the compliments, and Mariner you can't keep that going on forever, Mom. And this part really got to me, too, that Mariner, as smart as she is, why don't you just kick him in the balls? Or in other words, (laughs) kick him in the neutral zone. I love that. So first of all, when the captain makes the
1: realization, I can defuse the situation with compliments. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of a star Trek solution. I like that. And she's like, you know, saying all the stuff and calming him down. But then he's like, Oh, I want to be the captain. I want to be the only captain. And I love her. She's like, step back. Nah, there's only one captain of this ship. This is my ship. I love that. (laughs) That was terrific. And then, Yeah, the solution to everything is uh, applying uh, direct foot pressure to his neutral zone. Uh, Yep, that's uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's a Star Trek solution, the first part, and the second part is a lower deck solution. So there you go.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) And and it worked, right? And then when he's just like back to normal again, all of a sudden his eyes start to flare up again. Boom! Right in there again in the neutral zone. She kept kicking him in there. She was having too much fun enjoying that for sure. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, I do love that the absolute final solution to everything, though, is right out of the history books. Dr. Ta'ana has commandeered a forklift and found herself a giant boulder. And uh, squishes Ransom with the boulder, because that's what
0: stopped Gary Mitchell. So that's what stops Ransom. That was a great <laughs> scene. That part there, when she's kicking him in the neutral zone like that over and over again, I'm like, okay. And then all of a sudden, here comes this forklet, fric- and immediately, boom. Here comes the boulder, it's like, perfect. End scene. (laughs) I want to see Dr. Ta'ana's
1: medical report. Like, I applied a medical boulder to the patient.
0: (laughs) It's nice to know that after all these years, for over a century, everybody still remembers Gary Mitchell. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) He got a shout out in the very first episode of the whole series, too. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, it's fitting that it's plot relevant this time
0: around. (laughs) Yes. Now, I have to ask... Because, I mean, now we're towards the end of the episode. At this point, were you wondering, are we going to see anything on Boimler besides that holodeck scene? It's kind
1: of funny. uh, And this is not a comment on the character or anything like that. But I was so into the story that I was following it, you know, and, and these characters and stuff. I kind of forgot about Boimler. And then when it joins him at the very end of the episode, I was like, oh yeah, Boimler, shoot. We haven't seen him at all this episode, except like you said, for the holographic version at the beginning.
0: Yeah, it's kind of sad to say I really wasn't missing him either. I like his character. It's just mm-hmm. the episode was you know, so good and entertaining that you know he wasn't necessary to the episode that I wasn't missing him. But yeah, when we were getting to the end, I was like, there's got to be something with Boimler. Yeah, Yeah, it's like I started to clue in at the end, like, what about Boimler? We got to see something with Boimler. And sure enough, we do see him on the Titan. And of course, he's freaking out. (laughs) And Riker, I love his little jazz comments and stuff. We're picking up from how the season ended in season one. And there's Riker saying, I'm starting to think this jam session's got too many licks and not enough comps. (laughs) (laughs) What does that even mean? (laughs) Right. They're going to the anomaly and was like, I love my job. And they're all like stretching. <laughs> was it like
1: gluonic interference or something? I can't remember something what Something like said, that. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, I, the gluonic what?
0: <laughs> it definitely felt like it was leading us into the next episode. Yeah, absolutely. I'm wondering if
1: we'll kind of go back and forth a little bit with maybe a bit more of a focus on Boimler and Titan next episode. We know eventually, you know, spoilers for tra- for trailers and previews and stuff, Boimler's going to end up back on Cerritos at some point. But in
0: the meantime, I wonder if, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of that shifting focus back and forth. Yeah, because I remember us talking on a previous episode on our flagship show that Vanessa Marshall's doing the voice of the first officer on Titan, the mm-hmm. green alien we saw sitting next to him. So yeah. I'm expecting a lot more Titan, at least if not this next episode, the one after. Yeah, for sure. Well, any other thoughts about this episode, Dan?
1: I loved this episode. I really enjoyed it. I'm so happy to have new Star Trek back. And Lower Decks is just like, that's what kicked off the 23 weeks of Trek last year or or however many it was. And it's just such a nice little way to get back into the Star Trek universe with this show that's irreverent and ridiculous, but at the same time, just like a real love letter to Star Trek in every episode. The other minor little thing that I want to mention, I don't know what it is about the way Strange Energies sounds when I say it out loud. For some reason, the song Bad Medicine goes through my head because it just fits. Mm-hmm. Strange Energies, Bad Medicine. I don't know why. Like I get, <laughs> I got that song in my head as soon as I learned the title. Uh, I I don't know if there's something psychologically wrong with me or what, but I don't know. Uh, your love is like strange energies. I don't know something like
0: that. Yeah, sounds like you have a good, healthy, loving relationship, Dan. <laughs> strange
1: energies is what I need.
0: Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna suggest you sing it, but I wasn't gonna put you on the spot, and I really didn't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, no, it was not a good idea. I regret everything. Well, that's all we can edit and post, but that's not going to happen for this, <laughs> right? You're editing, so we'll see if that stays in there. We'll and see. I'm sure it will. I'm pretty sure it will. <laughs> well, wow. I also enjoyed this episode. It was just great to come back to, first of all, getting new Star Trek. It's been a while. It hasn't been a really long time like we've had before, but it's been, you know, a good while. And it was just great to have some fun with it. Like, your point, it's a love letter to Star Trek. It's just... It's just a fun thing. If you like this kind of humor, if you like these types of animated cartoon type shows, then, and if you love Star Trek, I think this is a perfect blend of of both. So yeah, it was great to see them. I'm looking forward to getting Boimler next week. Knock mm-hmm. on wood. I hope we see him. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I want to keep learning more about this crew I want to see Tendi and Rutherford play with the other cast members a little more than we've seen, which we're told we're going to get. And uh, I want to know more about this first officer on the Titan because it's not Christine Vale from the novels.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of new crew members that we don't know a lot about, uh, I should say next week's episode is called K. Sean, his eyes open, which makes me think this is where we meet the new tactical officer uh, who's a Tamarian, like from the episode Darmok? So I, gu- I guess maybe not an exclusive focus on Titan
0: next week. Then that means. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to that, though. That's going to yeah, be fun. Definitely.
1: So. And then we'll we'll be covering it. <laughs> you can listen to that episode right here on Positively Trek. I don't know if I- I'm I'm gonna prepare everybody in case I. I might not be on that episode. I'm still on the road. We really lucked out with some uh, recording time today that I was able to uh, be, be on this episode. But uh, if it might be Bruce and someone else or Bruce flying
0: solo. I don't know, but uh, we'll see. Oh, for that, if I had to do that episode solo, that's not going to happen. I, I can't talk <laughs> about an episode by myself. So we're going to try to make it work with you. So the idea, as we've done with others for Discovery Picard... Well, well, no, I guess we never did Picard on this show. But anyway, for Discovery and Lower Decks, we do those, um, those episodes release on Monday. Those recordings of our thoughts of the episode right after a new episode comes out. We come out with this on Mondays the best we can. But, you know, sometimes life gets in the way and we have to adjust. But that's the plan. So, yeah, we'll see how it works. We'll go from there. So, Dan, where can people find you online when you're not able to record? You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Kurtrats,
1: that's K-E-R-T-R-A-T-S, I'm also on youtube.com slash Productions. Again, it's pretty slow over there right now. However, uh, this episode will come out after this, but I am later today planning on recording a live show for Lower Decks because, again, I've managed to find a bit of extra time that I wasn't expecting. So, uh, yeah, um, you can find the recording of that on my channel where uh, I talk about this episode with Brandy, Jackala, and... Maybe Bruce, I don't think you're are you gonna make it tonight? I'm putting you on
0: the spot right now. So my dire leaves go back to university tomorrow. And so tonight we're having family night and I'm told we're watching Jungle Cruise on Disney Plus. Ooh, that so sounds lovely though. If for some reason I'll get all that gets done early, you may see me, but probably not. Okay. Well, it sounds like
1: you're gonna have a fun evening regardless. So that's awesome
0: yes and when i'm not having fun evenings you can find me on twitter at admiral underscore rex that's admiral with an underline rex and then you can find me occasionally on the star wars report whenever we record an episode i need to find out what's going on with that some episodes of literary Treks, and i was just on one recently talking about trader wins the book uh that takes place in the lost years which was a reread for me i read it originally in 1994 now I've read it again. I keep reading, rereading books. I need to read some new ones. But we have the new book about Rios coming out on Picard. Yeah, Woo! excited for that. Well, thanks, everyone, for partying with us. And we'll see you next time. And in the meantime, stay positive. Totally frozen. I just see frozen Bruce. Um, You're frozen. And now you're hearing me say this as you edit and you already know what happens after this, but I don't, Oh, you just, you're gone. You're gone from zoom. It's just me. Now I wonder if you got kicked off or if you logged off to try to get back on again, see if it works better. So you will be editing this out Or maybe you'll decide to release this as a special patron thing of just me rambling on to no one all by myself. All by myself. I'm recording all by myself. Wait, there's a bug. Hmm. Oh, you haven't come back yet. I'm worried. (laughs) Now I start to worry. Oh, no. All right. Well, you know what? I just will keep recording. And talking. And I'm just going to take a quick look at work email. And nothing. Where I'm now messaging you. Where are you?